For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject was the Torah nailed to the cross? This is part three of the series. So next, we're going to look at Colossians chapter 2. In the verse that traditional Christianity often quotes and interprets that Yeshua nailed the Torah to the cross is Colossians chapter 2 verse 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. So traditional Christianity interprets the handwriting of ordinances was the Torah. But is this what Paul was explaining? Is that the context? Because if we look at the previous verse in Colossians chapter 2 verse 13, Paul writes, And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh. So he's talking about our sins. It's our sins that has been forgiven through Yeshua's shed blood on the cross having forgiven you all trespasses. So with the subject being our sins and being dead to our sins and being forgiven of our sins, then Paul says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. So we can see how Colossians 2.14 is related to our sins, that sin is our enmity with God. It is sin that separates us from the God of Israel. But now we're going to look at Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 regarding the blotting out of the handwriting of ordinances. And we're going to see a connection or a reference to the Torah itself. And this is connected to Numbers in chapter 5. Where when in the case when a woman is suspected of adultery... She is given a test to see whether she's innocent or guilty. And as a part of that test, the priest is instructed to write curses in a book and blot them out with bitter water. Spiritual adultery against the God of Israel is not following his Torah and following other ways, following the desires of our hearts that seeks to satisfy I in me and thus going after other gods. And the scriptures tell us that the God of Israel is a jealous God. He does not want any other gods to be worshipped instead of him. In Exodus chapter 34 verse 14 it is written, For you shall worship no other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. So given that the God of Israel is jealous, 
when we don't follow his Torah and we go after other gods and do what we want to do and serve the gods of I and me. We commit spiritual adultery against him. And as a result, it says in Numbers chapter 5, verses 12 through 14, Speak unto the children of Israel and say, If any man's wife go aside, and in the scriptures, when we accept Yeshua as Messiah, we are regarded as his bride or his wife. So when we go aside and commit a trespass against him, when we don't follow his Torah, and the spirit of jealousy come upon him, because Yeshua doesn't want us to serve other gods. Then, as a result of the test to determine whether we're innocent or guilty, goes on to say in Numbers chapter 5, verse 23, Then the priest shall write these curses in a book, and he will blot them out with the bitter water. So the sins of the children of Israel, when they broke the covenant and went after other gods, are written in a book. And the consequences of their behavior, or the curses, are written in a book. And we call this book the Bible. But also in this book that we call the Bible tells us that we can repent and be forgiven of our sins and be reconciled to the God of Israel. That's through the redemptive work of Yeshua when he died on the tree. And so when Yeshua died on the tree, he bore upon himself the penalty for transgressing the Torah. And in the process of him dying on the tree, he not only shed his blood, but he was given bitter drink by Roman soldiers when he was being crucified on that tree. So it goes on to say in Numbers chapter 5 verse 24, And he shall cause the woman to drink the bitter water which causes the curse. So the bitter water comes as a result of disobedience for not following the Torah. And the water that causes the curse shall enter into her and become bitter. But Paul explains when Yeshua died on the tree in Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 that Yeshua has redeemed us from the curse of the law, that is disobedience to it, being made a curse for us, taking upon himself our sins. For it is written in the Torah, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. And Paul was making a reference or quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 21 verses 22 and 23 as it is written. And if a man has committed a sin worthy of death, and he be to be put to death, you shall hang him on a tree. And his body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but you shall in any wise bury him that day. For he that hangs is accursed of God. So when Yeshua was being crucified, as a spear went through his side, as we're told in John chapter 19 verse 34, he was also was given a bitter drink. Because in John chapter 19 verse 28 we are told, After this Yeshua knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. So what Yeshua is doing is when he's dying on the tree, when he's bearing our sins upon the tree, he's dying the death of the penalty of a woman who has committed adultery, as outlined in Numbers chapter 5. And so then, in John chapter 19, verses 29 and 30, it is written, Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar, and put it upon hyssop, and put it in his mouth. And when Yeshua therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. So Yeshua was given a bitter drink. So with this Torah background and understanding, now let's re-examine Colossians chapter 2 verse 14, which says that when Yeshua died on the tree, he blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. 
So where do you put handwriting? One of the places where you put handwriting is in a book. And in Numbers chapter 5, a woman who had committed adultery, her curses were to be written in a book. Our curses or penalty for transgressing the Torah is written in the Bible. But when Yeshua died on the tree, he bare our sins. When he shed his blood, he partook of bitter drink when he died on the tree. And through this, the Torah says that by this is the blotting out of the curses in the book. So when Yeshua died on the tree, he was blotting out our certificate of debt that we have under the God of Israel because we've sinned against him by violating his Torah and are thus subject to death. So the next thing that we're going to look at from Colossians chapter 2 is we're going to begin in verse 4 and we're going to trace through verse 22 that Paul is talking about or describing any man that goes about proclaiming traditions of men or decrees of men that are contrary to Messiah and as a result from these traditions of men are judging you and how you express your faith in Messiah in eating or drinking or celebrating the Sabbath or new moon or holy days and as a result are teaching these commandments of men as dogma colossians chapter 2 verse 20 which are again stated in colossians chapter 2 verse 22 that are the commandments and the doctrines of men so this is the context of colossians chapter 2 verse 14 these traditions of men and stumbling blocks of men that is keeping and preventing reconciliation with the god of israel through the shed blood of yeshua on the tree it's these man-made doctrines and traditions and stumbling blocks of men that are taught to men that Yeshua nailed to the cross. So let's see this in greater detail as we examine Colossians chapter 2 verse 4 and verse 8 as it is written. And this I say lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. So the subject is any man. And what are these people doing? Colossians chapter 2 verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy. Philosophy of men. In vain deceit after the traditions of men. After the rudiments of the world or the values of the world, which are not or contrary to Messiah. So it's these philosophies and traditions of men that Paul is talking about, which he goes on to say in Colossians chapter 2 verse 14, that when Yeshua died and shed his blood on the tree, he blotted out the handwriting of ordinances, which is the Strong's number 1378 in the Strong's Greek Dictionary, which is the Greek word dogma, which are man-made decrees and teachings or doctrines. Those decrees and doctrines of men that are contrary to Messiah and the work of Messiah and the gospel Messiah that separate us from Messiah that was contrary to us. That is what Yeshua removed. That's what he took out of the way. That's what he nailed to the cross. If we will repent of our sins and trust in Yeshua's shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Paul goes on to say in Colossians chapter 2. Verse 16, regarding any man that's proclaiming the philosophies and the traditions of men. Let them not judge you in meat or in drink. That's the keeping of the dietary laws. Or in respect of a holy day. That's the annual festivals. Or of the new moon or the Sabbath days. Because there are rabbinical decrees regarding dietary laws. About how you celebrate the Sabbath and the new moon and the annual festivals. 
and people are being told to express their faith in the God of Israel by following these religious rabbinical decrees of the rabbis or any philosophy or doctrine of man in the ways of the world system. So Colossians 2.16, Paul is explaining that we are to not let man-made doctrines and decrees judge us in how we seek to keep the dietary laws in the Bible, or how we seek to keep the holy days or the annual festivals, or how we seek to keep the new moon or the Sabbath. Because the dietary laws, the annual festivals, the new moon and the Sabbath, they are shadows or they are blueprints In Leviticus chapter 23, they're called in Hebrew a mikra, a rehearsal of things to come. But the substance of the body or the essence of the observation of the dietary laws in the annual festivals of the new moon and the Sabbath. That they teach you, the body, they teach you about the Messiah. So, continuing speaking about any man that brings worldly philosophies or the religious traditions of men and try to impose these things in the way that we express our faith in Yeshua as the Messiah, Paul goes on to say in Colossians chapter 2, verse 20 and 22, that if you be dead with Messiah from the rudiments of the world, or following the ways of the world and the world system, why then are you living in the world, and why are you listening to, or subject to, ordinances, or dogma? And in Greek, it's the Strong's number 1379 in this verse, which is a derivative of dogma, which in Greek is dogmatizo, which means an ordinance or a decree, which Paul goes on to say in Colossians chapter 2, verse 22, are commandments and doctrines of men. So as we can see, and from what we examined in Matthew chapter 15, the Pharisees were having a dispute with Yeshua, and Yeshua was having a dispute with them, as we saw in Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 4, regarding the proper way how to follow the Torah of the God of Israel. The way of Yeshua, since he gave the Torah at Mount Sinai, is to follow his written Torah by his Holy Spirit, but there was a religious system of the Pharisees where they taught the people that the way to follow the Torah is you must follow and listen to the interpretation of the Torah by the rabbis and to follow their rabbinical decrees or rulings. And because in the first century, as we're told in the book of Acts, Jews and non-Jews were worshipping together in the synagogues, and in those synagogues there were Jewish and non-Jewish believers who were worshipping with other Jews who were not believers in Yeshua as the Messiah, this issue became a source of great conflict in the first century, and Paul is dealing with it in Ephesus and in Colossia in his letter to the Ephesians, and in his letter to the Colossians. So let's summarize what we've covered in the first part of this teaching in examining the subject. When Yeshua died on the tree, did he nail the Torah to the cross, or did he nail the penalty for violating the Torah, that is, our sins, upon the cross? So in this teaching so far, we've covered the following points. Number one, sin is the transgression of the Torah. Number two, the Torah was given as a covenant, and the penalty for breaking the Torah is called the curse of the law. Number three, Yeshua redeemed us, both Jew and non-Jew, by being a curse for us when he died on the tree. Number four, when Yeshua died on the tree, he paid the penalty for our sins through his shed blood. 
if we will repent of our sins and accept Yeshua as our Savior and Lord. Number five, Yeshua did not nail the Torah to the cross. He nailed the penalty for breaking the Torah to the cross. Number six, Yeshua broke down the middle wall of partition, which is a reference to the division or the separation that was made between Jew and non-Jew. And the law of commandments given in ordinances which are the traditions of men, which could be governmental decrees by rulers and those in authority, such as kings, or religious decrees, such as rabbinical decrees, that oppose the ways of the God of Israel. And it was religious rabbinical decrees that Pharisaic Judaism made that made distinctions in following the Torah between Jew and non-Jew. Number seven, through Yeshua's shed blood and the work of the Holy Spirit, both Jew and non-Jew are one in Messiah. So next, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And what did Paul mean when he said, the letter of the law kills, but the spirit of the law gives life? When he said, the letter of the law kills, was he speaking against following the Torah? Was he saying, follow the Spirit instead of following the Torah? Or was he teaching us the proper way to follow the Torah in expressing our faith in Yeshua as the Messiah? And a couple of the misunderstood verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 is 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3, which says, in the last part of the verse, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, of which the Ten Commandments were written upon, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And then in Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, where it is written, Who also made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So are these two verses condemning the Torah and stating that we're not supposed to follow the Torah, but instead follow the New Testament? Is Paul saying that following the Torah kills, in contrast to following the Holy Spirit in the New Testament instead of the Torah, which gives life? Some in traditional Christianity interpret Paul's words in this way. However, is that what Paul is teaching? If we examine more closely 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3, Paul is speaking on how we minister or teach following Yeshua to others. And in doing so, he's giving us a Torah midrash or a Torah analogy regarding the proper way that we're supposed to live our lives and to teach the ways of Yeshua to others. So how would we live our lives and minister to others according to the letter of the law? And how do we live our lives and minister the ways of Yeshua to others according to the spirit of the law? That is what we're going to examine in detail in this study of 2 Corinthians in chapter 3. So let's begin to look at the context of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. To begin with, we can see from 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 1, that Paul is writing this letter to believers in Yeshua as the Messiah at Corinth. As it is written, Paul, an apostle of Yeshua HaMashiach, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth. Now we're going to begin to look more closely at 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and understand the context 
or the subject of this chapter in the Torah Midrash or analogy that Paul is making regarding that subject. We begin by looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 2 as it is written, You are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. So what Paul was saying in this verse, that these believers in Corinth, in how they live their lives unto Yeshua, are being a witness to others around them. And given that Paul is ministering to these believers, the way they live and conduct their lives reflects upon Paul himself and his ministry. So Paul says that you are our letter. You are our witness. You are our testimony. Because you are written in our hearts. And the lives that you live is known and seen and read of all men. Continuing in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3. For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Messiah, the letter of Messiah, you are the living witness of Messiah, who have been taught or ministered by us, and that testimony of Messiah in the thing that we've been teaching you about Messiah and how to live your life unto Messiah and be a witness to others has been ministered to you or written not with ink or by the letter, but by the Spirit of the living God. And you being the letter of Messiah, or in other words, the way that you're living your life and witnessing of your faith in Messiah that we've taught you or ministered by us, we're doing so not through the characteristic of a stony heart or tables of stone, but we're doing it unto you by the Spirit of God, the love of the Spirit of God, and by the fleshly tables of the heart, which is a reference to the New Testament, which is the Torah written upon our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Because we can see in Zechariah chapter 7, verses 11 and 12, that tables of stone or a stony heart doesn't follow the Torah as it is written. And they refused to hearken, and they pulled away the shoulder, and they stopped their ears that they should not hear. Yea, they made their hearts as adamant stone, so a stony heart. And what is the characteristic of a stony heart? Lest they should hear the Torah, so was Paul teaching Messiah in the ways of God, in the Torah to the people, in believers in Yeshua at Corinth? Yes. So he didn't want them to hear the Torah, hear the ways of Messiah, and not follow it, which would be a stony heart. So Zechariah 7.12, lest they should hear the Torah and the words which the Lord of hosts has sent in his spirit by the former prophets, therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. So at Mount Sinai, the Torah was literally written on tablets of stone. But the God of Israel purposed that that Torah be written upon the hearts of his people. But the children of Israel showed in the wilderness that they had received that Torah upon stony hearts, which caused them to complain and murmur against the God of Israel. That's why we're told in Psalm chapter 95 in verse 10 that his people erred in their heart because they didn't know his ways. So this stony heart was not a good testimony of the God of Israel, and wasn't a good testimony of the greatness of his Torah. So if the God of Israel was going to have a people that was pleasing to him and following after his ways or his Torah, he needed to remove that stony heart and give them a heart of flesh, which is the New Testament. In other words, 
A stony heart needs heart surgery. A stony heart does not please the God of Israel. So we can see how the God of Israel wanted to give a new heart to his people. Well, that's going to conclude part three of the series on the subject, Was the Torah Nailed to the Cross? Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.